of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Welcome to Conference Talk <laughs> with the Stanfields. Um, our uh, number 12, yeah. episode number 12 of Conference Talk. And today we are sitting down to discuss Elder Gary E. Stevenson's talk um, entitled, A Good Foundation Against a Time to Come. And, you know, we're just going to dive in because uh, we're a little bit behind on this particular uh, episode and so we, we've we've dilly daddled around enough so we're gonna t we're gonna go into it um shelby any first impressions of the talk um i don't know if i'd say impressions but there are two things that stood out to me okay so i would say if i had to summarize it one would be revelation and mm -hmm. the power of revelation and two would be, um, obviously, it's called a, a good foundation against the times to come. So foundation in relation to faith mm -hmm. were like my two takeaways of this talk. And um, yeah, I mean, do you want me to elaborate on those or do you want to share your takeaways? Well, let's let's start kind of going through the the narrative um, of the talk. Okay. And then as things come up. We'll talk about them. Cool. So Elder Stevenson begins the talk uh, recounting the historical account of when Brigham Young um, arrived in the Salt Lake Valley um, way back in the summer of 1847. And, of course, this is following a very long journey west and uh, at the time, Brigham Young is the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, um, apparently not yet uh, called to be the prophet and president of the church, but definitely as the, as the president of the Quorum of the Twelve, he's the senior apostle. And um, he's, uh, he, he has a vision, um, you know, more or less of where the temple will be built 
which is now the Salt Lake City Temple. Um, what I find interesting is that it does say like right away in the very first paragraph that the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, oh, he was the president of Twelve, sick and weak from mountain fever, entered the Salt Lake Valley. So they, because of their journey that they had, I think it's important to note that they were not in the best health at this point, mm -hmm. which I think it's cool that even though he is not in the best uh, physical standing, right, because of his journey and sicknesses that overcame them, um, that he's still able to receive a revelation of where the temple should stand. And that just goes to show you that even though you may physically have ailments, that does not affect your spirit, right? <laughs> and I've had blessings on my mission that were very, um, like I just remember, I was sick one time and uh, uh, Brother Ortado, yeah, Brother Ortado gave me a blessing and he said, Sister Williams at the time, <laughs> he said, I give you this blessing not because your spirit is weak, because your spirit is strong, but your body is weak. Mm. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Because I had never really put it into perspective like that. But here, here's exactly what um, President Bernie Young is doing. Um, and it just goes to show that even though we may have physical ailments, that does not stop the spirit from reaching us and from having us do magnific magnificent things. That's a really cool insight. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> so anyway, he finds he finds where this temple is to be built, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty monumental um, moment in in our history of you know being pioneers and traveling out west and mm -hmm. being members of the church. So um, anyway, he goes on, and I like how he says. Here shall stand the temple of our God. And it says one of his companions, Elder w Wilford Woodruff, um, it said the statement went through him like lightning. That's got to be a pretty cool moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, a strong, a strong confirmation. Yeah. Of the truthfulness. He also, uh, Brigham Young, um, because, I mean, it's not like the the temple. It's not like Brigham Young uh, stuck his cane into the ground and said, here is where the temple of our God will be built. And then, like, they just started building it. There was, <laughs> there was an immense amount of, of, you know, resources that had to be built or um, acquired and um, and work that had to be done prior to building. But it was determined that that's where it would be built. And they very quickly, uh, relatively quickly, um, mm -hmm. began the preparations and the, the laying of the foundation, even, you know, laying the foundation even before the true foundation right. uh, was set and laid. Because, you know, that's something that happens like when we decide to do something, you mm -hmm. know, if we're, if we're making a decision. Right. Sometimes before we even begin to um, make uh, the big changes, 
or, or make the big moves, mm -hmm. we have to make those, those decisions on, you know, how to go about like preliminary changes. There's like little changes that happen first before a big change. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. And just little, little daily choices that you start to make, which right. will slowly build up to the inevitable, like the imminent, Hey, I'm able to actually do this. You know, what's funny is I just never, <laughs> I guess this whole moment, I've always thought of them just start digging right away, right. you know, but when you put it into perspective like that, it really shows um, the laying of a, of a foundation, you know, it was small and it was simple. Revelation was received and then um, it was built on slowly, but surely. And now we have a wonderful, wonderful um, temple that mm. was now being reconstructed, but has stood for a very long time as a representation of the Latter-day Saints. Right. So, and it was 10 years later mm -hmm. that um, Brigham Young, you know, they were still building it. You know, they were still doing things. Right. And he says, I want to see the temple built in a manner that it will endure through the millennium. Um, end quote. And, Obviously, that's that is parallel with what President Nelson has talked about today and the decision to close and renovate the Salt Lake City Temple. So um, this to me is where this this quote that he wants it, you know, built hmm. in a manner that it will endure through the millennium. My thought I had while I was reading this because I I reread it, refreshed it. We both did. <laughs> Um, but I thought about how this really ties into faith and you can put your name in here. Like I want to see Shelby or Kevin right. built in a manner that it will endure through the millennium. But it's up to us to build it. It's up to us to build up ourselves. Obviously, we're not building a temple of ourselves, but our body is a temple. Right. And we we have to take care of it. And it should be in a manner that lasts through the millennium, right? Um, hopefully we'll be resurrected and well, we all will be resurrected, but hopefully we'll receive celestial bodies and, you know, we, we endure through it just like this temple will. I mean, yeah. it'll still be here. It'll be part of the celestial glory of the earth. Very good point. Um, that's, that's what I had written down. I said is, is our foundation built to last through the millennium, meaning, right. You know, is our not not the our foundation only but uh you know what is our foundation as, as disciples of jesus christ it's our testimony of jesus christ and his atonement right and uh the that that atoning sacrifice being at the center of all the covenants that we make with god and everything that we do right mm -hmm. so you know, that has to be super solid so that we can we can be uh, enduring saints. Right. Right. I also this is further down in the talk. Um, it's under the title Salt Lake Temple Renovation. <laughs> but um, at the end of the second paragraph, it says recent studies confirm that the location chosen by Brigham Young for the temple has very good soils and excellent compaction qualities. And then I wrote in my notes, 
Revelation will last us through eternity. It helps us endure. And I thought about how, I mean, Brigham Young couldn't have known um, the impact of choosing this location. And so many years later, knowing the layout of the land and what we know now, um, it just goes to show you that revelation is so key um, in building up the kingdom of God. And we can do it. Like we can be those people. We can be our Brigham Young. Like we can have these moments in our lives that are like, Oh, like one for me was coming to Texas, you know, like that really set me on. I mean, not even just Texas. I talk about that all the time, but my mission moving to Florida, like there were so many little things Mm. before that, that led up to even come to Texas. Yeah. So it's just really cool to see that it was just prepared over time through small and simple means of revelation, you know, there's two things that I want to mention about that so the first is a little bit of pushback okay, okay. in but it's a uh, it's only to edify us uh <laughs> in our in our conversation okay so you said that Brigham young couldn't have known uh at the time i would push back and say that in a way he did know but it wasn't his education or a worldly experience it was god working through him but let me rephrase that i don't think that Brigham Young knew the implications of his decision. Does that make sense? So I I know that he couldn't have, you're saying like he couldn't have known, but he maybe did because of spirit, right? Like you're, you're kind of going back and forth with me. But what I'm saying is I don't think he would have, he could have known how far reaching the implications could have been. Right. So that's, that's fair. That could have came from it. I'll give that to you. Okay. Only <laughs> one point in the bucket for Shelby. <laughs> only if there's conditional, that's a conditional give to you. If we remember, all of us remember that we don't always know the far reaching implications of our righteous and maybe unrighteous decisions. Well, yeah. So we have to, we have to be very, uh, we have to have a, <clears throat> a healthy respect for this gift of agency. Yeah. Because, you know, Brigham Young, he was a prophet. I mean, he was called as a prophet, yeah. right? As just a, the, an apostle. Yeah. They are prophets, seers, and revelators. And so his decision was definitely led by the Spirit. But I will say that, that you're right. He may not have known that well, this this area was so like these were the reasons why this area was so choice and that's just like when president nelson said this general conference april 2020 will be like any other (laughs) i don't think he knew that there'd be a coronavirus no way you know what i'm saying so that's what i'm trying to say about Brigham young okay i think that he he knew something was up obviously he's a prophet he's a prophet of the lord but like he didn't know the specifics like detail detail Okay. That heavenly father. Knew. So, I yeah. think I think we covered it so, perfectly. So check. <laughs> check check for revelation. Yeah. Check for prophecy. There you go. So where were we? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, you said oh we're talking about this the revelation. The, well the the choice soil and location oh, yes, 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 yes. for the temple in Salt Lake City. Right. right. And so um, 
and then yes, he he wanted it to be built uh, for the to, for the millennium. And then I was just gonna say like, is our testimony going to help us endure through the millennium? Not to it, like not up to, <laughs> um, you know, when Christ comes, but mm-hmm. what's gonna help us persevere? I mean, f- before this podcast, we sang the hymn, <laughs> put your shoulder to the wheel, because yes, we did. Because there's some work that has to be done, right? And the Lord, he loves effort, as we yeah, know. Yeah, we know that. And he, he wants us to work. And so during, during these last days and during the millennium, we have to be, we have to have this, um, this really strong, good foundation um, which Elder Stevenson goes into, like, what are your what what are the components of your foundation? Um, and he brought up the questions in the Temple Recommend: Do you have faith in uh, right. and of you know uh, God the Father and Jesus Christ, um, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, and and the atonement of Jesus Christ and the restoration through the Prophet Joseph Smith? Those were pretty cool questions you went over, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that dropped to one part in the talk, but I do want to go back a little bit if mm-hmm. we can. Um. It says that. Okay, so after we talk about recent studies confirm that the location chosen by Brigham Young was good soils, it also says it also says the review concluded that normal repairs and improvements were needed to renew and update the temple. Um, however, consideration oh, sorry, consideration of a separate, more comprehensive seismic upgrade beginning from the Temple Foundation on Upward was also recommended. So there were some recommendations that were given to, you know, update the temple. And one of those is the state-of-the-art engineering for earthquake protection. It's a proposed seismic upgrade package for the temple. Would, and it would utilize base isolation technology. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it goes through these pictures. And what I highlighted was this phrase. It says, this technology, recent in its development, begins at the very foundation of the temple. So if we're comparing this to us, then our very, our foundation should begin very simple, right? I am a child of God, Right? Jesus Christ is my savior. Heavenly Father loves me. Heavenly Father has a plan for me. Like these very simple foundations that build. So I'm not saying, you know, go get a temple of, go get a temple. (laughs) Go get a testimony of um, ceiling power before you don't even understand that you're a child of God and that you're part of a family of God, right? So there's steps that are taken. And so it's, it, it's pretty cool, this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome because it will obviously help withstand um, earthquakes to come. Um, and it's estimated to be completed in four years. And then we get kind of to your part, what you, what you were talking about. But did you have more to add about the base isolation technology and foundation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I what I was thinking was, that these foundational, um, like this foundation and the support that it gives 
protects the temple from earthquakes and, and seismic disturbances. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible how the foundation of like what you said, which is, you know, I, I know that I'm a child of God. I know mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is his son and our savior, right. the, our king, you right. know, like all of these things that, that build upon that. Um, you know, I know that families can be together forever. Right. These, right. these super fundamental principles of the gospel can be and, and serve as a protection from the seismic or like the disturbances in our world. Like when you as a young person today or even as an old, you know, an older person, doesn't matter um, when things come up like gender is irrelevant. Right. When when people want to say, um, you know, all of these things that are that go contrary to our beliefs, when those things come up and when like when your friends, maybe even your family or the news, you know, is all telling you one thing and shaking that foundation, mm-hmm. it's not going to bring your whole structure down. It's, right. you know, you're going to be safeguarded because you can go back and say, wait a second, I, I have a testimony of these things. So right. who do I trust? Do I trust the world or do I trust God? You know, and, and Satan is the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you feel confused, if you seek for the things of God, you're going to have some clarity eventually. Right. Right. But if you stay confused for like a really long time, I, I mean, I don't want to say like, if you're confused, you're obviously I'm not trying to say it's an answer from Satan, but I'm just saying like, if you're confused for so long and you're actively seeking truth, I mean, you're going to have an answer from heavenly father eventually. And it may not be the answer you planned on. Right. But that's going to keep your foundation steady. It's going to keep it going. It's going to keep right. you up. It's going to keep you from being shaken and not confused. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, if I could, if I could give a little story, very just brief. Um, if you may. Reflection on, uh, on an experience I had with a friend who was investigating the church. Um, he had uh had some great experiences with the missionaries, with members of the church and specifically of the singles ward, the young single adult ward. And then, and he was pretty close to his baptism date. He, he had, he pushed it back once or twice, but he was close. And he and I were sitting there um, talking about things and, and he brought up uh, some YouTube videos that he had seen that were, you know, about Mormon mm. doctrine or something, you know, like, this is what Mormons believe. And, um, and he just brought up, he's like, I want to show you something. And he, you know, and it was talking about um, some relatively deep doctrine stuff that uh, comes up when you, when you read, you know, some, uh, I would say, you know, early 20th century uh, theology, which, you know, of, of the church. And what I, what I told him was, because he was saying, you know, I don't know if I want to be baptized in a church that believes all this 
and I'm, and I'm not sure about it yet. And I had to ask him, I said, well, what have you felt thus far? Like, what did you feel before you saw those videos? Hmm. Right. Before you knew anything about that, how did you feel about the church? And, and he expressed that he felt good about it and that, that he thought it was, it was true. Right. He thought, he thought the book of Mormon was true. Right. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's all you really need to worry about right now. Right. (laughs) I mean, uh, and I didn't say this, but you know, um, walk before you can run, you know, the, the Lord is going to give you strength and understanding to understand those things as you go. And, uh, and I, you know, just at a glance, I didn't even know if all that material that was in the videos was true. They could have taken it out of context. They could have done, it wasn't a church video, obviously. So I was just kind of like, yeah. And, and nevertheless, (laughs) all, all I was saying was the reason that I brought up that story is because we have to, we have to really appreciate the importance of revelation. And it goes back to what you were talking about with Brigham Young Hmm. and how he didn't know all the answers. He didn't know all the fine details yet of the temple construction, but he did have a really good feeling. I would say even more than a good feeling, but like a witness that that was the spot that they should lay the cornerstone of the temple. Right. Right. So uh, when, when you, and all that goes back to what I was talking about with the seismic uh, disturbances that, that come upon us. If Brigham Young had been unsure of his witness and testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the restoration through the prophet Joseph, he yeah. could have easily doubted that, that uh, witness to build the temple there. Right. Maybe a year later, he's like, oh, I don't know. Like it's, I don't know if that was the spot. Maybe we should do something else. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's really interesting because this is actually re- reminding me of the talk we already discussed, which is spiritually defining memories. Yeah. Because those small, simple memories of foundational things are what carry you when the big seismic quakes come. Yeah. You know? And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like the example of Moses. I mean, he saw God. I mean, I'm sorry. He saw Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and he talked with him. And then he knows what it's like to be in his glory. He knows his presence. He understands it. And then who comes on long after? <laughs> Satan. Worship me. Uh, no, I just knew what it was like to be in the presence of God or Jesus Christ. And now you're trying to make me think otherwise. No, he stuck to his foundation of knowing what it was like to be in Jesus Christ's presence, right? right? So, the, I mean, that's an extreme example, but it's it's the same thing with someone comes along and says, you know, gender doesn't really matter. We can choose what we are, and it doesn't matter what sex we were assigned at birth. You know, we can make who we are. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be bold, but no, that's not true. Our gender and eternal, it is eternal. We know that, and we need to stick to that because it's what God and Jesus Christ has set in plan for us here on earth, you know, to be able to inherit eternal glory. Right. So don't let that shake you. Yeah. 
And yes, that may mean other things. I mean, that can go very deep. You could maybe you can feel attracted to someone of your same sex, and and those things, you know, you can go off on a rabbit hole in that, and we can talk about that a whole different time. But you have to do your best to try to stick to living the commandments of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And remembering that as your foundation. Yeah. Right. So. Anyway. I feel like we've talked about it a lot already. Yeah. Well, what what would you what do you want to conclude with? Um. Okay. I want to conclude with the example he gave. Um. Yeah, we talked about all that. I just want to sum up the story that he gave of a of a um wife and a mom who had been battling cancer for about six years. Um, and she always trusted in her heavenly father and she has a social media following, following apparently. Um, and someone basically asked her, so she has a lot going on. She has a family, she has cancer, probably a lot of hospital bills, pain, agony, physically, mentally, you know, everything's going on in this woman's life. And uh, one of her social media followers said, how do you still have faith with all the heartache that surrounds you? And I thought that was a very applicable time to right now. How would you still have faith with COVID-19 around the world? How do you still have faith with riots and Black Lives Matter movement happening around you? How do you still have faith when the economy is crashing, right? Like you can put anything in there. How do you still have faith in whatever it is that's happening? Um, And she replies with this, because faith is what gets me through these dark times. Having faith doesn't mean nothing bad is going to happen. Having faith allows me to believe that there will be light again. And that light will be even brighter because I've walked through the dark. And there's more of the quote. But I love that because her spiritual foundation is so strong that she understands that this is a dark time in her life. It's a dark point. But she is going to make it through and see light again, right? And her faith and her foundation pushes her through that. So to answer, how do you have faith in COVID-19? Well, you have faith that it's going to be gone one day, right? And you keep pushing through and you'll learn why you're going. How do I have faith about um, the economy and what's going to happen, you know, with, you know, so many people losing their jobs? Well, you keep going to work until you don't have a job and then you find out what you're going to do. Like you just you just keep going and there's going to be light along the way. Might not be as bright, but it will be there and eventually it'll be brighter. So you appreciate that bright light because you were in dark for so long. You know? Yeah. I will. I will say um, I agree with ninety nine point nine percent of everything (laughs) that you said. Um, one thing you said was, uh, and I don't want, I don't mean to nitpick, but I want to mention, you said, how do you have faith through all the economic woes Mm -hmm. and, uh, like of people losing their jobs. And you said, well, I'm just going to keep going to work until I don't, I I know what you meant. Yeah. Obviously you need to be praying and discerning is my job in danger of being lost. Right. That's an assessment that I believe anybody and everyone at any time in their life should have a little check-in with themselves. And as they're going to work, they say, Hey, 
and this is super, this is like a temporal topic, but it's super spiritual. Okay. <laughs> um, you go to work and you think to yourself, is my job in danger? Now, then you say, you check yes or no. And then maybe it's like, well, no. And then why not? Or yes. Why is it? So, for example, you go into work and you say, um, is my job in danger today? And you say, no. Okay, why is it not? Well, because I'm, I got here on time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I have a great relationship with my boss, my coworkers, and I get all my work done before I leave. Right. And yada, yada. But then if you say, if you, even if you say uh, my job's not in danger of being lost, and mm-hmm. then you start kind of checking the, the, these boxes, and you say, but you know what? Some people, you know, uh, are working harder than me or some people perform better than I do. And so how do I make sure that I do have a solid, like, uh, success? Like, or mm-hmm. h- how do I, how do I know that my job is secure? Right. What do I need to do to make sure? Do I need more education or do I need to start stepping up my game in one area? Right. Um, stuff like that. And that's that's a little checklist that you can go through with um, with a lot of different things. Like, hey, you know, um, how how's my scripture study? Hmm. It's good. Why is it good? Well, I, I read from the scriptures every day. Well, but then how could I do better? How can I learn more from the scriptures? How can I look for answers? to my prayers. Oh, wait, I'm not praying as much as I should. Maybe that's something I can do. So these, these evaluations that we, uh, that we come up with, um, can be super beneficial to building the foundation, making it stronger Mm -hmm. and keeping us, keeping us up strong and, and ready to endure through the millennium. And I might add just strong enough to be able to present what we've done here on earth with this kingdom of God mm-hmm. to present it to Jesus Christ mm. when he comes, you know? Right. Having a, knowing that, that you've been given a stewardship. Right. And having, you're going to be accountable for it. Right. When so he comes. How are you going to account for what you've been given? Right. I mean, you could be working at like such a dead end job right now and when the Lord comes, he's going to ask, how did you excel at that job? Right. And you're going to say, but Lord, it, I was washing dishes or I was just filling out spreadsheets or, you know, right. I, I wasn't going anywhere. So isn't it okay that I kind of just like blew it off most days? Because I mean, I was taking care of my family. I was right. still going to church, all this stuff, but he's going to say, I I put you in that place for a reason. You know, your coworker was there and I wanted you to talk to her. Even if, and that could be not just, I wanted you to talk to her about the gospel. I wanted you to maintain a relationship with her so she didn't feel so alone. alone. Yeah. You know, all of these things. Like There's, there's purpose and intent in everything that we do. There's a reason for every single thing. I was just telling Kevin this today because, uh, 
I'm graduating in like three weeks and the license exam to be master level social worker, apparently it's really backed up and I'll be lucky if I even get my license by the end of the year, long story short. Yeah. But I told Kevin, I said, but there's a reason for everything. There's a reason for the timing. And so I may not know it. And I'm, cause you know, I, I like to be in control <laughs> as a lot of people do. And so this is just a time for me to exercise my faith. And when I get my license, I get my license. And that's when it happens because <laughs> right. I'm doing everything I can in my control. So, and that's, that's building a foundation right there. You know, it's little things like that, that build a foundation or build up your foundation too. And it's also having faith in times that are tough because you right. could, you could easily let that be a, um, negative influence yeah it could it could be something negative it could hurt it your works so hard right right D yeah doesn't the lord want me to be a, a licensed social worker right if if so then why is it so difficult why isn't he letting me why isn't yeah it? right not yeah true it's funny because none of those thoughts ever crossed my mind i know that's <laughs> that's why i married you because oh, you're faithful it's our one year anniversary today that's true yeah Anyway, and what uh, anniversary edition of the podcast? Yeah, wedding anniversary, not to one year of the podcast. But oh yeah, not far away from that one either. We're not. We didn't start too soon after we were married, so that's cool. Anyway, I guess our invitation—I may be so bold to say our invitation—but is to really take a look at your foundation. What does it consist of? Where are the weak points? Um, find them and do something to fix them and ask the spirit. They'll tell you, he'll tell you what to do. There's a really good talk. Um, what lack I yet by who? Oh, oh I wouldn't even. Goodness I, gracious. Um, I'm not going to be able to think of his name. It's on YouTube, but it's what lack I yet. I want, I really want to say the name of this talk because this is our invitation. What lack I yet conference talk. Okay. It's, it's by, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I I'm, I found it right here. I just, it's What Like I Yet by Elder Larry R. Lawrence of the 70, and it's in the October 2015 General Conference. So go read that, and then think about your weak points, and then pray. Right. And I promise you'll find something um, to work on. And I know one of my things to work on, this is really dumb, um, actually it's not because the spirit told me, but I need to work on being better at not speeding on the freeway. <laughs> I really do. Right. All things are given to us spiritually. Yeah. Even something like that, you yeah. could think, oh, I mean that Shelby, that's like so temporal. Like it doesn't, that has no eternal consequence. It, do it does though. A hundred percent. It 100% does. If I don't learn the importance of obedience now, when am I ever going to learn it? Right. Anyway. So, yeah. I like that. I really like that. All these little things that we bring up in the in the conversation, you know, it's easy to think, oh, why did I bring that up on the podcast? You know, I mm -hmm. uh, that must just I was just rambling. No, like if if you and I are are diligent in our studies of these topics, mm -hmm. the spirit is definitely going to bring to our minds and through our mouths the things that people need to hear that we need to speak so that we can be accountable, be accountable to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's the Lord <laughs> going to say 
what's the Lord going to say when he comes and, and he says, Kevin and Shelby, you know, on episode 14 of your podcast, you said this, this, and this, but then you never did anything about that. Right. What's up with that? Right. Right. So we're, we're just as responsible or we're just as accountable, accountable here as everyone listening. So there's a few other things that I kind of thought about sharing. Um, I'm just going to choose one because we have just a few more minutes, okay. you know, in our time frame. Um, Elder Stevenson brought up the, and this is my concluding thought. Okay. Um, he brought up the closure of the Salt Lake City Temple for renovations, right? Mm -hmm. He says, I envision this closure um, as a time of renewal rather than a time of closure. And I thought about that. And I thought of the Sabbath mm -hmm. day. How you could easily think of the Sabbath day as a day where I can't do certain things. When what we should really do is we should think of that day as a day of renewal through our covenants that we keep and, and renew uh, by partaking of the sacrament. And also as like an opportunity to recommit and redevote ourselves, our time, talents, everything to building up the kingdom of God on the earth and, and preparing the world for the millennium. Right. We can do that with temple work, uh, like family history work. We can do it um, by studying the scriptures with our families, ministering, all these things. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up is that, you know, sometimes the temples close. A lot of them closed for a long time due to the pandemic. Maybe we could think of the time that they were closed as a time of renewal of our spirits to really consider, you know, what would our lives be without the sealing power of mm -hmm. the priesthood and, and that's found in the temples and how can we recommit ourselves when we do have access to the temple again? And, and how, how are we preparing now to get back to the temple? If maybe, you know, we need to do some things differently in our lives. So that's just what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to close with. I love it. Thanks. And I love you. All right. Well, next week, um, actually this week, we're going to do a two for this week because gonna, we fell behind. Yeah. And it's funny because we fell behind because I was trying to be accountable to what I said I would do, which is study right. the chapters and the talks better. Anyway, I thought that now was ironic. Next, anyway, go ahead. Next time on the podcast, we are going to be discussing, I believe we're going to be discussing uh, Elder Gong's mm -hmm. talk in the Saturday evening session. Um, Hosanna and hallelujah, the living Jesus Christ, the heart of the restoration and Easter. He's got a lot of stuff going on in there. So that's exciting. Yay. I'm excited. Definitely tune in for that one. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye y'all.